Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Thank God for all that he has done for us. I thank him for being in the house of the Lord one more time. I thank God for his many blessings, for always watching over us, for always protecting us. I thank him for everyone that was able to make it today. God has truly blessed us all. Today's lesson has been an inspiration all week long since Tuesday, and it started with Jane. She inspired this lesson, and the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. And so today, before we get too far, we're going to be reading out of Luke 9.62. I'll be reading that one. Genesis 13, 7-11, Judges 16, 16-20, Numbers 20, 9-13, Matthew 14, 26-31, 1 Samuel 15, 22-24, and 2 Samuel 11, 2-4, and then skip to 7-8. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for your many blessings. Thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you, O Lord God, for everything that you've done for us. Lord, let this word go forth and be planted upon good ground. Lord, don't let anything be said that's not supposed to be said, my God, but have your way in this service, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to give a small little testimony before we get started and how this, this lesson came about. The Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established and three things happened and I knew that this was the lesson for today. First of all, Jane and Emma, they were running from my truck to the front door and they were trying to see who won. And Jane got distracted by the riding lawnmower, so she sat on the riding lawnmower and Emma won. And I told Jane, see, you shouldn't have got extracted. And then she said, you should make a lesson about not being distracted. And I just kind of listened. It, it sunk, though. It, it, it hit me in a different way. You know, I know she was plain, but it didn't sound like pain. It felt like to me that God was saying, "You, everybody needs to know, don't be so easily distracted. We are all in a race. Not against one another, but we are in a race. And he said, let us run this race that is set before you, looking to Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith. We cannot be distracted and lose focus in course of where we're going, or we will lose. It's just that plain and simple. And so I had thought, okay, well, I'm gonna, I, I can do this, but I hadn't really set my mind to doing it. And then I went to Reading to pick up Sarah for the funeral. And I took my Bible, my laptop, backpack, everything, so that I could work on some lessons while I was there. But I was distracted by Jake, and we played, and it got too late, and I never did anything. And uh, 
I got up in the morning and I put my backpack and my Bible on the ground as I was cleaning the back seat so that they could fit. And I left my backpack, computer, Bible, and everything right there. By the time I realized it, it was already gone. So I didn't have it. And again, the Lord said, told you, don't be distracted. You should have took care of that and put it in the truck before you did something else. Not just leave it on the ground. You should have done that. You have you got to stop being distracted. And so I was more focused on making the lesson, but it was still like, okay, I will, but I wasn't really grasping the, the importance of it. And then I come home from there, and just yesterday, I was going to pick up some trash for Gladdy and did I miss the street? And I turned and I looked back and hit the dude right in the back. And I said, okay, fine. I will do this lesson, period. <laughs> Don't be distracted. When we are distracted, very, very bad things can happen. It even costs people their lives when they are distracted. We cannot be distracted. The Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He is waiting for the opportunity to sneak in our lives as soon as we get distracted. And he knows how to distract us. Well, he thinks he knows how to distract us. And he'll show us many, many different things that can get our attention and make us lose focus on what we're really supposed to be doing. I praise God in the car accident that nobody was hurt. The cops weren't even involved. It was a minor uh, hole in his bumper. And so I just told him I'll fix it. I'm going to call nobody. I'll just get it fixed. So it could have been a lot worse when we don't pay attention. We're going to go to the book of Luke, the ninth chapter, starting at the 62nd verse. We're going to go up a little bit to the 57th verse. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto, the, unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said also, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. When you are in the world and you begin, God begins to change your life and he gives you a calling in life and he gives you an opportunity and he gives you a position and something to do to spread his gospel, he does not want you to make excuses why you will do it later. The reason is because he already knows what you need to do. He already knows what's going to come up in your life. So when he says, here you go, go and preach the gospel or go and do this or go and do that, he already knows the beginning from the end. So our little excuses mean nothing. I would, but let me do this first. That is irrelevant to him because he already knows. He gave us a job, a position to do, and he expects us to fulfill it without 
excuses without hesitation and he doesn't want us to be distracted and I was looking up the olden day way they did uh, rows in the field and it was very interesting they had to hold the reins in their hands for the horses and hold the handle of the plow so when you go if you get distracted and you turn around the horse will go whichever way your hand turns. So if you start plowing your field and you get distracted, you will ruin your field by making a plow somewhere you're not supposed to be. And therefore it will cause you a lot more labor and a lot more work to go back and to redo something you did, could have done the first time. You cannot lose focus. You cannot be distracted so easily in this world. So when God gave us a calling and a job and and he told us to do something, to live right, to act right, to walk right, we can't be so easily distracted by the things of the world. We have to remember that our first priority is to keep our eyes on God. Our first priority is to focus on the one that sent us. Our first priority is to make sure that God is the head of our life and then whatever else happens happens but we cannot lose focus of where we're going and right now we're following Christ he said right now you know me in part but then you will know me like I know you but when we know God in part we really can't afford to be distracted because we already are following in part. We're already walking by faith. We can't see far ahead of us. We can't even see the minute in front of us. So let alone to get distracted. We got to stay focused on God. We're going to Genesis 13, 7 through 11. These are some of the stories in the Bible where people lost focus and they were distracted and it caused them sometimes even their life. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now I want you to understand something. See, Lot, he had a lot like Abraham did. If you read a little bit above that, they had this fight between Lot and Abraham. Their herdmen began to fight and begin to strive. And Abraham said, let us not fight because we are brethren. So let us separate ourselves. Now, Lot had herdmen. He had cattle. He had riches. He had family. He had a lot. But when he looked and he looked at the plain and it was well watered and it looked so good he chose what looked good sometimes in our lives the devil will flash something at us that looks so so good it can't be wrong if it looks this good but it's not good and when lot went over there he ended up losing everything he had to the world and the reason i say that is because when god sent the angel to rescue lot it was only him his wife and his two daughters what happened to his cattle and his herdmen and everything else they all went to the world he lost everything When you are distracted by something that looks good, you can lose everything God gave you because you go for something that looks good. Things that look good aren't always that good. Lot lost everything. 
And on top of that, he still didn't want to go to the mountain. He wanted to go to another little city. He didn't want to be in the mountain, lest preventure some beast kill me. So he still was looking to go somewhere that looked good. But when he ended up going to Zohar, his wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. So he lost something else because he didn't want to go to where it looked so simple. Sometimes God lets our life look simple, but it's not simple. It's to avoid distractions. It's to avoid us losing everything. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. Just because it looks like this is an easy way out doesn't mean it's an easy way out. When you have conflict, when the devil begins to fight you, don't look for the easy way out. Look for the win. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Don't look for the easy way out. Look for the win. Look for the victory. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it is good. We're going to Judges 16, 16 through 20. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I have be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the Lord, lords of Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath shewed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And then she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he was not that the Lord was departed from him. Sometimes when you get distracted, it costs you your life. He had fought, he had did good, he had put up with her for a while. But how many of us know the devil don't stop after a while? The devil will go and go and go and go. He does, He tries not to give you a break. Some people seem like they're fighting for months, some for years. Some it feels like they're fighting all of their entire life. The devil does not stop if God lets him go. He will go and go and bother you and bother you until you break. But God said, I will not suffer no more to come upon you than you're able to bear. The way that we can make it is if we keep our focus on God, keep our attention on the word of God, keep our knowledge and our beliefs and our desires on things above and not on things of the earth. And no matter how much the devil fights, we won't be distracted. Jesus told Peter, he said, pray that you will enter not into temptation. That doesn't mean the devil's not gonna tempt you. It means you won't fall for it. Pray always that you will not enter into temptation. And after a while, when Samson got so tired of her nagging and nagging and pressing on him and telling him, you don't love me, you say you love me and you don't love me, and she would not stop. He just wanted it to quit. He began to lose focus of who he really was. 
a Nazarite till the day of his death. He was a chosen man of God until the day he died. He was called for a purpose, but after a while he began to weigh down. Sometimes we feel like we're going through something and we fight and fight and fight, and after a while we just want things to stop. God just make it quit. And a lot of times that's when the devil will sneak in and say, I will help you. I will give you peace if you just do this. You want it all to stop? Here you go. He told Jesus, he said, all this will I give you if you just bow down and worship me. Don't be distracted. No matter how hard the fight may seem to be, don't lose focus. Just because the devil does not stop, whether he uses your family, your friends, your loved ones, it doesn't matter who he uses, your job, but just don't lose focus. Stay thinking about God and about his scriptures and keep on going. At the end of the day, Samson said, I will get up and I will shake myself like before, but he had no knowledge that God left. Once he was distracted and was disobedient to the commandment of God, no razor shall come upon his head. And once he was distracted and disobeyed God and cut his hair, God wasn't there anymore. You could hear people tell you God will never leave you nor forsake you. That is true as long as you're doing his will. But as soon as you step out of the will of God and begin to satisfy your own flesh, God's not there. Because he's not going to follow us into sin. He's going to follow us and protect us as we're on the path of righteousness. So when Samson woke up, God wasn't there. And when he shook himself, God wasn't there. All his strength was gone. They plucked out his eyes and they threw him in prison. All because he got distracted. He fought a thousand men and killed them, beating them hip and thigh with the jawbone of an ass. He had power beyond what we could imagine. You have the Holy Ghost. You have power beyond your wildest imagination because the power of God is unlimited. Don't be distracted by the things of this world and what we're going through. We're going to Numbers 20, 9 to 13. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rod. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because, because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. See, Moses, the meekest man, saw God's back, stayed with God in the mountain for 80 days and 80 nights, didn't eat bread nor drink water, spent so much time with God, he began to shine like God. He began to look like God. And the Bible says, no man can see my face and live. And when Moses came down, they couldn't even look at Moses' face. He had to put a veil on just so he could talk to the children of Israel because he began to look like God. But what happened when the children of Israel kept on complaining? They kept on nagging him. They kept on complaining and murmuring. And the same thing today when somebody's just always on you. When the devil just don't seem to leave you alone, 
you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you need to change the way you're doing, you, you're not believing right, you're not really following God, you need to change this, you need to change that, you cannot lose focus. Moses, he got distracted after a while. And when he got distracted, he took the rod of God and he smote the rock instead of spoke to the rock. And it caused him to not enter into the promised land. Don't get distracted. God has given each and every one of us a calling, some a role in the church, some as a member. But we all have a calling in our life with God. Don't lose focus. Don't lose your, your ambition. Don't lose your insight of what God is trying to do not trying what God is doing because he's going to do it with or without us it will get done don't lose focus that God called you and chose you stay focused stay meditating on God no matter what happens because when we get distracted we lose fast Moses couldn't even make it to the promised land after all that he went through all the plagues, all the signs and wonders that God wrought through his hands he could not go into the promised land for one this obedience for one moment of being distracted. Let us not get distracted. We're going to Matthew 14, 26 through 31. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? As soon as you get distracted, bad things happen. Before that, when he was, had his eyes on Jesus, when he was focused, when he knew, and he said, if this is you, bid me to come. When he believed, when he went, he started walking on the water, and he was able to make it. But when he got distracted, he began to sink. The problems that you and I face, we could win. We are more than conquerors. We could walk all over, and we could fight to the end, and we could win and have a great victory. But as soon as we get distracted, we lose. We can't make it. As soon as we lose focus of what we're doing, we will sink. And it is because of the grace of God that he always is lifting us back up. Come on, you guys can do it again. Always picking us back up. But after a while, he said, I will not always strive with man. I'm not going to always be picking you up because you should know better by now. Don't lose focus. Out of everything that is written, you cannot be distracted. You've got to keep on going. And yes, he's picking us up and he's loving and caring and he, he's not willing that any should perish. But he also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And I will not always strive with man. We got to stay focused. We got to stay positive. We're going to 1 Samuel 15, 22 through 24. And Samuel said, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord, and thy words, because I, I fear the people and obey their voice. See, that's another way that we get distracted is through people. 
we get scared of what they say. We get scared of their threats. And we get scared of their comments. And we get scared of what they say they can do. And we lose focus that they can only do what God lets them do. Nobody can do beyond what God allows them to do. If God says you cannot touch this person, I don't care how angry, frustrated, whatever they want to be, they can't touch you. And if God says, I need you to get this person, I don't care how much they love you and don't want to hurt you, they're going to get you because only what God says stands. So when people begin to make threats, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, you can if God lets you. But as for me, I'm going to stay focused on what I'm doing. I'm not worried about your threats. I'm not worried about what you're going to do. I'm worried about what God's going to do. He said in another scripture, don't fear man what man can do unto you, but fear God. Because man can only go as far as killing the flesh. That's it. God can kill your flesh and then throw you into hell if he wishes. So we need to fear God, not man. So when we're running for God and people come and you're wrong and you're doing this and you're doing that, if you know that you are following the scriptures, don't let that bother you. So many people give in after they get threatened so many times. They give in. They lose focus. They get distracted. People be threatening them constantly. And after a while, they give in. Okay, fine. Because they get scared. And when we lose focus, then we should fear. Because then the devil can have his way. But as long as we stay focused, we can win. We, there's no such thing as us losing if we stay focused. We're going to 2 Samuel 11, 2-4. And skip down to 7-10. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house. David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and delivered thee out of the hands of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. See, once, once that the Bible says that David got distracted. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is. It doesn't matter how handsome he is. It doesn't matter what that kind of car is. It doesn't matter what the house looks like. Don't let beauty distract you from your calling that you have with God. Because when he did that, God told him the sword will never depart from your house. He forgave him. He didn't kill him. 
but he had a fight. He had a run from his own son. He had the sword was always in his house. One of his sons forced one of his granddaughters, and then the other son went and killed that son. There was always fighting in the house of David after he did what he did because he got distracted. Don't get distracted. We have to stay focused. We have to make sure that we stay focused for the devil is trying. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He is seeking an opportunity to get in. He's looking for that one moment that we get distracted. And he shows us so many different things. Right now, we all have a position. We all have a calling. We all are, are children of the king, and he knows that. And he's trying to eliminate us. He's trying to get us to lose focus. There's a scripture that says that we are drawn away by our own lust and enticed. And what that means is that the devil cannot steal. He cannot kill you. And he cannot destroy you because you have the power of the Holy Ghost. You have the keeping power. You have the blood of Jesus on you. You have everything that you need to fight and to win. But what the devil does is he draws you away from what God has given you. And when he draws you away, the Bible says you are drawn away by your own lust, which means the devil knows what you like. And she could be beautiful. He could be handsome. It could be a shiny car. It could be a good job. It could be anything really, really important to you. But what the devil does is make it look so good and begins to draw you away from where God wants you to go. And when he gets you far enough away, you begin to be enticed. He can then start tempting you and showing you and tricking you and you don't have the armor of God because God will not follow you. We have to follow God. So whatever the devil shows us, whether it's the devil or whether God gives it to us, we know it when it does not lead us away from the calling that God has for us. That brand new house, that brand new car, that nice shiny truck, if it's going to make you stop doing something for God, when you would do it for her, him in the first place, that thing didn't come from God. Because he's not a hypocrite. He's not double standard. He's not going to give you something and tempt you with evil. He's not. So if what you have is drawing you away from the calling that God has given you, then it didn't come from God. And sometimes it does come from God, but we get so caught up in it, we begin to put it first instead of what God wants us to put first. So no matter what it is that we have, make sure that God is always first. We don't diminish what we're doing for God. We increase what we're doing for God, and we bring what he gave us with us and then we won't stumble we won't fall we won't get distracted but if God gives us something and he blesses us and we begin to put that thing above him that's when we make a mistake because then our focus is no more on God where it's supposed to be now our focus is on that thing that he gave us now it's no more where he wants us to be now we're trying to follow that thing don't let us do that whatever we have keep God first Job kept God first Everybody that we read about, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God blessed them abundantly. They were rich, big families, but nobody got between them and God. Nothing. Even to the point where God did tempt Abraham and said, go sacrifice your only son. And found out that that wasn't even before God. You gave, I'll give it back. Because nothing 
decay between them and God. That's the same way we got to live today is nothing comes between us. We cannot be distracted in any wise, especially when we have a leader position in the church. This is another thing God told me when I put my Bible and my backpack down and I was cleaning out the back of the truck. If your position in the church is not that valuable to you, I'll give it to somebody else. When God gives us something, it has to be valuable. We have to treasure it. And I was like, no, it's very valuable. Then why would you put it on the ground? And it wasn't the ministry, but the computer and my Bible, I, I did put it on the ground so I could clean out. He said, why would you put it down? Why wouldn't you put it in the front seat or somewhere safe and then move the back seat? Why would you just put it on the ground? And what I gave you is not that important. It's not that valuable that you'll do anything to hold on to it. Then I'll give it to somebody else. And he let somebody go and take what I had. No, I don't have my computer. I don't have my Bible. I don't have nothing. All that's gone. Don't put what God gives you secondary or put it down. If he gives you a position or he gives you a job or he gives you a wife or he gives you a husband or he gives you children or a car or a business, don't put it before God and don't put it down. Whatever God gives you, value it. Hold on to it, especially if it's spiritual. Don't put it down. Value it. Let God know, Jesus, you gave me this and it is valuable to me and I will do anything to keep it. And so when I put it down and I went back to get it, it wasn't there. I called around and it was gone. And so I said, Lord, I learned my lesson. I love my job. I love my position. I'm not trying to put it down. I'm not trying to put anything before you and be distracted. And, and I'm not trying to do that. I want to focus and be focused on you. So that goes for all of us. Musicians, assistant pastors, uh, ushers, directors, everybody with a position, hold it. Don't let something come more important than what God gave you. Or if it is, he'll move it to somebody else. He'll give it to somebody else if it's not that important to us, that what God has given us. Yes, our church is small, but right now I think this is all we can handle. We're still trying to grow. We're still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to mature. And if he was to pack this church, we'd probably just go bonkers or whatever you want to call it because we couldn't handle it yet. But that doesn't mean that it's not important, that he's not growing and, and wanting us to be ready. He's trying to get us ready for it. So learn from my mistakes. Don't put what God gave you down. Hold it, use it, and just cherish what God has given you and embrace it. And then he'll give you more. If we can be faithful over the little, he'll give us a lot more. But if we can't be faithful over the small, He's not going to give us more. In fact, he's going to take what we have and give it to somebody that we will use it. He said, take that talent that I gave him and give it to the one that has ten. Because to the one that has, more will be given. And the one that, that doesn't have, even that which he seems to have will be taken. Cherish what God has given you. Focus. Don't be distracted. And let's run this race. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar if anyone needs prayer just come up.
will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may He keep you, may He shine His face always upon you, and may He forever keep you in mind.